the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. I mentioned Hugh Hallman earlier as being in Kazakhstan, as he is right now. We can talk about the reason I pointed it out. It's perhaps instructive, but we do have Lewis Hallman here. Lewis Hallman is the managing director of Insight Analytics, LLC. And uh, in that, uh, we have a semi-autonomous zone with Hugh um, not here today. We thought we'd take a little bit of a departure and uh, speak to uh, really um, a few different things other than COVID, although we're more than happy to discuss that as well. Let me give out the phone number right off the top, 602-508-0960. Lewis is one of the most uh, alive minds I know and one of the most interesting people I know. So since I've seen you last, what has been on your mind lately? What have you been thinking a little or a lot about, Lewis? Well, Seth, um, probably far too many things, uh, almost all of which have been approached incoherently and haphazardly, but in no particular order. I, th- I think the the biggest thing I'm thinking about is something that um, – that your last guest said um, in the last hour, um, sort of at the close of the interview, um, in that we're kind of stuck in this sort of postmodernist grip and that it's very difficult for us to extricate ourselves and that moving forward, there, there, it doesn't seem that there's an obvious path forward. And and let, let me pull, point out, you're in the very age category, at least chronologically, that Mark Bauerlein was discussing, the millennials. Yes, yeah, I'm either a, a dangerous adult or a uh, an idiotic youth, you know, whichever, um, however you, you would choose to categorize me. I'm, I'm pretty ambivalent there. But I'm, he also sure... said there was a 10 to 15 percent of the population that doesn't count. Well, I don't like those odds, Seth. You know, I, I don't know if I feel quite like rolling that die. Okay. But <laughs> um, what, what sort of has me thinking about that is that my generation's ideological positions are not set in stone. I don't yeah, think that any that generation is. You know, if we look at the the baby boomers themselves, you know, when they were there, sort of in in our position, they were widely touted as the most liberal generation in human history, right? And so there is this there's this eternal tension. You know, back when when uh, uh, Plato and and Socrates were writing or being written about in Socrates' case, you know, we were still worried about how this new literary thing was going to get the youth, you know, all hopped up on strange ideas and away from things. So there's this eternal tension with this. But one of the the things that – Can I pause you on that? Yeah. Because when Plato discusses it or uh, the way you put it is more accurate, the way Socrates discusses it, at least in Plato's Republic – is he talks the really he he speaks to the importance of training children on 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 what we might call good books, good stories, good messages, right? right? Virtue ethics, right? Absolutely, we might, we might disagree with what his idea of that was, but the idea of training children at an early age with uh, tale and fable was was very important to the Greeks. Oh, absolutely, um, you know, and and 
it's important to virtually every culture, right? How else do you pass down the mechanisms, like the software mechanisms of culture, you know, the stories? You know, if you, if you think about what, what a culture is, it's really, in some sense, it's the thousand or so books that we have in common that right. if we've not read, we're right. at least passingly familiar right. with. Right, right. Sort of the abstracted tropes. But that being gone is books. the problem, that, right? Isn't well, it? I don't know that it's gone. Okay. So – Let's see if we can if we can get it. So first, I think things are changing right now. I think that the old political equilibrium that has lasted since before World War II, you know, that was changed back in the 1930s when African Americans unilaterally voted Republican and big business unilaterally voted Democrat. You know, we saw a change, and and so we've been sort of on, under this old political regime now for the last 70 years. It's probably the longest in American history, and. You know, I, I think Trump's election in 2016 was probably the start to indicate that the the different party platforms are reshuffling, mm-hmm. and so I, I don't have much hope that the current sort of alignment is capable of solving the problem. But what I do have hope about is that once this reshuffle gets going, right when when we have everyone who's sort of very, very for decentralization on one side, probably the Republican side, and people who are for centralization probably on the Democrat side, which is sort of what I think is happening. Um, I think that we might be in a better position to address some of these issues. One of the interesting things is cause and whether it's the time or whether it's the ideology. Um, Adam Carolla was talking the other day about about a list he found himself on with, of all people, Russell Brand. Sure. Okay. A list of conservatives who have been on the Joe Rogan show. Right. And Russell Brand was three and Adam Carolla was four. And Adam said, okay, maybe I am a conservative and I certainly don't be mind, mind being called it. But Russell Brand? And he played a clip of what Russell Brand believes and uh, I don't have it, and it's not really quite necessary. But it sounded like a fairly standard libertarian answer to what you believe in with maybe just a small soup son of Bernie Sanders and uh, social safety net talk. Um, and most of it I would have found unobjectionable. But if we're going through a disturbance in the force of political equilibrium or if we're finding realignments, is it because of the state and what we've gone through over the last two years, the state capital S, is it because of the left and what they've pushed? I mean if they can make Russell Brand a conservative, you know we're in some kind of virgin territory here, well, right? I, I don't actually think it's it's a lot longer of a story than that. Okay. I, I put the roots of it sort of the this current political climate that we had that we shared for the last 70, 80 years or so um, worked really well and had the sort of central project of winning the Cold War. And so I, I see this start to break up. You know, sort of the end of the 1990s after the Cold War was won and sort of the the reason for being of the current political shuffle sort of had ceased to exist. And so we get some strategic inertia for the next decade or two. But, you know, now that we've seen Trump bringing the unions right, for instance, um, a lot of the sort of 
State Department senior defense crowd, I think, is moving more left. We see big business certainly moving more left. You know, um, it, on the it, it first really part, is, you know what's interesting about the first part of what you said. The first part of what you said really is a very foreign policy centered change, right? Mm-hmm. With the fall of the Soviet Union, with the fall of a common enemy, shall we say? Right. Well, empires are are, are defined and created. In opposition to outside forces, right. right? Think of the Russians and the Mongols, for Until instance. Until it turns inside. And that's what I think the leftist corporations have done. There is a disturbing trend where, you know, and it goes back to the, the refrain that we always like to, to quote, that they always blame America first, yeah. right? But it's this, you know, a civilization can survive external threat. Most civilizations can survive being run over and conquered. But when the detraction comes from within, it's hard for me to think of any example of a civilization becoming sort of introspectively nihilistic, right? That it loses its own understanding of why its own culture is valuable. When that happens, you know, it's not clear that you can turn that around. Has it happened here yet? I don't know. You know, I, I keep hearing that we're— Did play a big part of this? You know, it, it, there, there's certainly edges of it happening, and I'm not going to deny that. But I also think that we are—you know, we're told we're more polarized now than we've ever been. But on some level, I think we're just more aware of the fact that our neighbors louder. have different yeah. ideas, yeah, and right? it's louder and more ubiquitous because right. of social media. And it would be very surprising to me, Seth, you know, if a country as— as diverse and vast as the United States didn't have internal disagreements. Right. You know, it would be weird to me if we all kind of came to the same policy conclusions of a country and 330 million people in virtually every biome known to man. Yes. Wouldn't that be weird? Yes, but there is a political movement in this country that says you don't have to do that, and there's a political movement in this country that says you do have to do that. And the political movement in this country that says you do have to do that, you do have to believe the way I do. If you don't, I will call you a racist or a bigot or something worse, is the movement that's in charge. You want to pick up on that when we come back a little yeah, bit? Yeah, the, the paradox of intolerance. Why not? The paradox of intolerance. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Lewis Holman. And we're happy to take your calls at 602-508-0960. Coming to you live from the Guns Etc. studios. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, parts of which are brought to you by our good friends at Midas Gold Group. Think about it for a second. The same people who manage our dollar are the people who who are managing immigration policy, the border, COVID, Afghanistan, Ukraine, Russia. Think about that. Their reckless spending in dollar printing is likely to end in financial chaos that threatens both your savings and traditional investments. Protect yourself and your assets with a call to Midas Gold Group. The experts at Midas understand how gold and silver can add profitability, protection, and most importantly, privacy to your finances. You won't encounter pushy salespeople at Midas. They can help you make an informed decision about precious metals and how they might fit into your portfolio. Schedule a free no-obligation with Midas, uh, a, a no-obligation cons- consultation with Midas Gold Group. Call them at 480-360-3000 or find them online at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. 
com. Uh, we're talking with Lewis Holman. Uh, Lewis, um, one part of this country thinks you have to uh, convert or believe, um, and another part of this country, politically speaking, is a little bit more laissez-faire, but certainly has its own ideological perspective. It just doesn't believe in canceling and censoring you if you don't share their beliefs. And it's the first part that's kind of in charge, and that augurs to me especially difficult to egress from. You know, I, I never quite know how to think about cancel culture effectively Good. because, um, well, when we if, if we talk about it as if it's a monolithic force that affects everyone on the right, you know, I, I worry that we give it too much credit and too much weight. You know, because it, I, I don't think it's the case that everyone on the left is is intolerant. Um, there certainly is a very loud and vocal and vitriolic minority that's strikingly intolerant. But I'm fairly certain there's also a minority like that on the right. The one on the left has a much, much larger megaphone right now, though. Um, you know, it, it, part of the issue is that uh, as your last, uh, as you talked about in the last hour, the left controls many cultural institutions, right? Um, and political television, Sources of disseminating information, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so I think very often that one of the best ways to talk to people when a, a radical subset of them is intolerant is just kind of calmly and neutrally address their issues. Uh, um, and But take them seriously and, and, and engage with the points on their terms. And if you can win the argument there – you know, you can do quite a lot. So, for instance, um, if I'm talking to someone with rabid existential concerns about climate change, you know, I, I might ask them um, specifically what, what their concerns entail, right? There are things that I, I can agree with, you know, that, that we, we might share. I think that if you look at the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, for instance, you know, the, the pollution of the oceans, it doesn't all have to be CO2 ruining the planet. We can find things to agree on and I can demonstrate that I'm not an unthinking enemy, first of all. So I can dispel that illusion and also convert people who believe that you shouldn't just hit people unthinkingly. Um, but the other thing that you can do that with, with, with something like that is you can then create an alternative position. So, okay, climate change is happening. The ice caps are melting. Well, that means that we open up a Northwest Passage and cut trade routes from Asia to Europe by about 4,000 miles, 3,000 miles or so. And all trade moves, instead of going through the Straits of Malacca, it goes through the Bering Straits around Alaska. Well, then how are we going to take advantage of this opportunity? I'm not going to concede the point that we should then all stop eating meat and, and you know, do whatever the rest is of what's in the, the Green New Deal. But there are potentially policy decisions that we can work off of this, and I can demonstrate that I'm not an unthinking, you know, uh, uh, person to them. So that might be one thing to do um, is engage them in ways that they don't expect. You know, another, another stat, for instance, about climate change, that green energy isn't really all that effective. If you look at the last 20 years of, of CO2 emissions, 94 percent of the reductions in them have come from switching from coal to natural gas as a result of fracking, which most environmentalists are pathologically against. And so 
if you can demonstrate that the world is more complicated than they may think, I think that if it's the magic word, ground. though, I mean, I think there are platforms you can't even have that conversation. Well, on, sure, and but you never know when it's going to happen. You're also never I mean, going. God forbid, Joe Rogan said he took ivermectin. But God forbid, who knew that would be? So, but then that just plays into the Streisand effect. You're never going to convince the truly intolerant, you know, Seth. I, I, I think the best that you can do is you can expose yourself to not be the frothing lunatic you're being caricatured as because most people are reasonable. And most people, when they listen to Joe Rogan, like there's a reason his his listener count doubled even after he cut himself off YouTube and went to Spotify. Eminently true. If you act like a reasonable person, that tends to iterate really well in politics, actually. You know, we, we can be thinking people have reasonable disagreement because – as we both know, the facts don't give us what the ethical concern is. And we can acknowledge that the left has different and legitimate ethical concerns without having to give them all of the power in this conversation. But I do fear that if you say the magic words, if you know the secret code, if you have the right shibboleths, the sky is the limit for you. And if you don't, if you're, you know, if if you're if you're somewhat uh, more conservative on the traditional platforms, it, you you really do have to worry about either your career or your ability to stay on those platforms. I mean, a former president was banned from the most major political conversation platform in the country, if not the world. But you say the right things and you can accede to power pretty easily and become the vice president of the United States. Who can go to Munich and say – this weekend to the world, let's understand – I'm quoting directly. Let's take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about here. It's been over 70 years and through those 70 years, there has been peace and security in Europe. And for the first time in 70 years, we are talking about a real possibility of war in Europe. That would get you thrown out of the admissions process for a graduate degree in foreign policy. Well, you mount the right platitudes and you can accede to that power position. Well, that's certainly not a new new thing in the advent of human civilization, though, is it? I mean, really, like this is not a new problem, Seth. You know, people that are venal and corrupt can get ahead. And, and that's very true. But but we also reward idiocy in a way we haven't before. I don't know that that's true. OK. You know, and, and, and again, I give you. You know, Joe Rogan is the example. Has his cancellation negatively impacted him? Now, we, we may say that he's a unique case. That he is he is specifically uncancelable, but he's also blessed with a high degree of moral character. And so part of what has to happen is if you are canceled by the raving hordes is to not buckle and hold your ground when it is reasonable to do so. He might that not takes be a right rare example. courage. No, he may not be the right example, but I can give you examples in athletics. I can give you examples in the National Basketball Association. I can give you examples in the National Football League. I'll give you examples in journalism. Um, let's pick up on that when we come back and take some calls as well. 602-508-0960. Did Canada bother you? Uh, it bothers me continually. All right. We'll talk about that too.
to the Seth Liebson Show, parts of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature, balanceofnature.com. Check out their fruits and veggies. I take them every single day. It's the only whole food supplement with no additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. Think about it. It's the only product with nothing in it except fruits and vegetables. That's it. And boy, is it potent, and boy, is it great. It's kept me well for as long as I've been taking it. What, about three years, Bill? Balanceofnature.com. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Balanceofnature.com, fruits and veggies, discount code BALANCE. Uh, Lewis, did you want to follow up on anything, or do you want to go to the callers? Well, I think I'm happy to go to calls. All right, let's do it. Joshua is in Gilbert. Hello, Joshua. Joshua, are you there? Going once? You okay? Yeah, now I can. There you are. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good, Seth. Thanks for taking the call. You bet. I appreciate it. Um, okay. I'll just try to be super quick. Um, the Canadian protest definitely really bothered me. I think it's pretty pretty easy to see that this is just kind of their, quote, January 6th moment, and that they're going to just use this kind of forever. Um, the deputy prime minister already basically came and came out and said that they're going to try to make a lot of these powers permanent to go after people, freeze bank accounts and whatnot. Um, I guess I kind of have two questions. One is, it sounds like the trucker protest that they're going to try to do here is, I guess, starting to get together and they're going to try to do it by uh, State of the Union time. Um, so I guess my question one is, you know, what do you think the reaction will be, you know, in the media and in general by the, you know, say by someone like Joe Biden? Um, are they going to vilify them as much as Justin Trudeau did? My second question is a little bit more rhetorical. I guess we, as conservatives, definitely talk about backing police, backing the blue and stuff like that, which I'm definitely all for. But at the same time, isn't it kind of these same police, and I'm not using, you know, saying literally like the ones in Canada, but aren't these also the kind of the same police who are the ones kind of clearing out these kind of protests. Yeah, you're, so, you're raising a really good point uh, on that question. I don't think so. it's rhetorical. It's something that we've struggled with on this show. Let me address both of those things after I give Lewis first shot. Thanks, Joshua. Uh, Canada, the trucker protest uh, and the reaction to it, Lewis, can it happen here? Do you worry about it? Uh, do you encourage it? Uh, any any which direction you want to take, and then law enforcement. Uh, we're well, kind of a mixed mind on that, aren't we? I Not love you this, and me, but I mean all of us individually. I love this kind of of peaceful protest. You know, I I really appreciate it when protesters demonstrate in front of government. Uh, uh, you know, the actual source of their issues. Um, and, and deliver their grievances uh, uh, to the state directly. And without burning anything. Or yes, critically anything. without right. burning anything down. Um, so, you know, my assessment of the media coverage thus far has been that it is staying pretty close to the Canadian state line, which is, you know, this is a s sort of a pseudo insurrection. There are all of these racists and Nazis there. And shame, 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 shame. Um, Joe Biden, uh, since you mentioned him specifically, um, requested uh, about a week ago that Trudeau uh, uh, take steps to enact federal – use his federal powers to squash the protests. So I, I would imagine um, if a similar protest emerged here, he would take a similar line, um, particularly because such a protest would be damaging to the credibility of his administration. What do you, what do you think, Seth? Well, first of all um, – I think that 
the truckers did a great job because of everything you said. They took the serious invocation of civil disobedience that goes all the way back to Isaiah and runs through Aristotle and Plato, uh, through Augustine and Aquinas, uh, to Henry David Thoreau and, and Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr., really a very large part of Western literature and Western education. They took it seriously. We used to esteem it. We used to respect it. And uh, they may in that respect be the last Americans, not only in process and how they did it, but what they did it over. They did it over an irrational law that simply made no sense. There was no justification for the law that they were opposing. Laws for societies to remain intact must at a very basic level have a rational basis. They must make sense. They must be connected to a desired outcome. The law they were fighting was a law that was just at that point, by this point, nothing more than to kick people in the rear end and say, you have to do what I say. I think that's my first thought. The cop one is a little more interesting. The cop one is a divided mind here because uh, a great many of us uh, have have been obviously very respectful of, to, and on behalf of the police. We all depend on them, and it's a profession we we, we esteem and it's a profession young boys used to want to become a part of. Um, but at the same time, they are instruments of the state, right? And we have to recognize that too. And at the end of the day, some of them will resign over unjust orders. And we saw a lot of that here in 2020. Need to see more. I think I got that. Right on the red line. Huh? Right on the red Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, coming to you live from the Guns Etc. Studios. Portions of Rich are brought to you by Balance of Nature, which I take every day, have been for years. I used to get sick whenever the seasons changed. I just haven't since I've been taking Balance of Nature. Their blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. That's all it is. It's just vegetables and fruit. There's nothing else. There's no added anything, no added sugar, nothing, no pesticides, synthetics, extracts. In these vegetarian capsules, which if you don't like swallowing for whatever reason, you can easily – they are designed to easily open up and sprinkle in the drink or on some uh, food. Support the company that supports you. Balance of Nature. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. That's discount code BALANCE. All right. On our Kazakhstan line, we have joining us the great, the honorable Hugh Hallman. Hugh, hello, sir. Thanks for calling in. Gentlemen, thank you for letting me participate. I was listening intently at the discussion about cancel culture, uh-huh. and here I am at ground zero for the Russian cancel culture. Uh, I think Lewis has a point that we can behave rationally and uh, try to convince those people who are reasonable on the left uh, that the things we have to say are important and meaningful and correct. Uh, and I think Lewis's example that Joe Rogan is doing a good job at that while uh, facing the cancel culture himself, is great. But now imagine being in a society in which uh, the government controls the Internet. Mm -hmm. 
And whenever we hear Congress starting to talk about how it needs to regulate, uh, typically from the left when they don't like what we're saying, uh, that that's the end result, that having government control the Internet and turn a switch off to stop the discussion and debate uh, that might be a counter-narrative to the government authority. That's what's going on in Russia currently. It will happen in Ukraine as this invasion goes on. And the reason for my call... By, by the uh, way, let me pause you, Hugh. Hugh, I've got to pause you. In Canada, they're seizing bank accounts. There's not much difference. Correct, correct. Okay, I just wanted to point that yeah, out. It, Go it, ahead. It, yeah. I, be, I believe you and I have agreed that authoritarianism uh, shows up in lots of places, and it's just as evil whether it speaks Russian or French. Yeah, but they and aren't in, speaking it in Uzbekistan, and they are in Ottawa. Uh, that, well, in, in Kazakhstan, they are speaking Russian uh, because I'm in they Kazakhstan. were Sorry, the yeah, yeah, yeah. getting into seven okay. toys. Yeah. 1740s. But with that said, Kazakhstan is an independent nation for 30 years, has the longest continuous border with Russia. It's on the southern side of Russia. And as you're listening to uh, uh, Vladimir Putin talk about the fact that Ukraine is a historic mistake, they are saying exactly the same kinds of things about Kazakhstan. Now, I've been working here for 30 years, and at the moment we are working to put a U.S. Uh, campus of a U.S. university 25 miles south of the border of Russia, the Russians are going nuts because they are trying to plan for the re-expansion of Russia in the ways that they did during Soviet times. Vladimir is trying to recreate the Soviet Union under the Russian banner. And that's what's at stake here. And I just wanted to report in that I have now seen on the European news channels uh, reporting about what's going on. The very first effort to blame Donald Trump ah. for the invasion of, by Russia, of Ukraine. And theory, the theme was that if Donald Trump had not been so polite to Vladimir Putin uh. and had not threatened NATO uh, with withdrawal and forcing the Europeans to pony up for their defense, that this would not be happening. Now, of course, none of it happened on Donald Trump's watch. Right, the annexation of Crimea happening. was 2014. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Correct. So you had the theme of you had... Uh, first, the reset by Hillary Clinton hitting the button they got from uh, a local store uh, that they wanted to have a reset. And the left thought that was wonderful. It's only Donald Trump creating a strong relationship with Russia, meaning demonstrating strength to Vladimir that should be criticized. And so first we had Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton hit a reset button, allow Ukraine to be overrun in the Crimea. And now we have uh, the... Uh, second man in charge uh, during the Obama administration, Joe Biden, demonstrating the same level of weakness, and Vladimir has taken him up on it, just as the Chinese are taking him up on um, starting to take over uh, areas in the South China Sea. Mm -hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are at a position where it is demonstrated what the stakes were in the last election, and we need to remind people that this did not happen on Donald Trump's watch. This happened on Barack Obama's watch, and his vice president's now president's watch. And the stakes are enormous. We are now at the greatest risk we have ever been since the ending of World War II. That's all I've got to do, report in and let you know that the European channels are already blaming Donald Trump. It feels sometimes like they just have an F7 macro they push on any story they need. Blame Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that's, gentlemen, I've got to go back to uh, the work at hand, but right. thank you for letting me participate. Go get him. You bet. Uh, you want to take a quick call, or do you want to respond to your dad? I think we can take a call. Steve and Tempe, how are you, sir? Go right ahead, Steve. Hi, Seth. 
Hi. Interesting. Interesting to hear from from uh, Hugh Hallman over oh, there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. At this time, yeah. Wow. What a he and what a dire report, and it's very very um, concerning, obviously for everybody. But um, what, I, I wanted to ask Hugh or ask um, Lewis, Lewis yeah. uh, to answer this question. You your previous ho- or guest that you had, I thought I thought was really interesting about you know where he's talking about the dumbest generation yep. gro- growing up and yep. um what i was waiting for him to talk about is one of the reasons why well a, a very important reason why um that has been the case that they have not had the intellectual curiosity or the capacity that previous generations have had and it's been it, it's i think it's my personal opinion is is mainly it's uh the attention span of kids growing up has decreased to almost less than a minute with video games. Social uh, media, yeah, social media and attention span. Lewis, do you put a lot in that? You know, I, I, there's probably some truth in that, um, but this also goes back to sort of the the Socrates ideas earlier where, you know, these children who are writing on clay tablets, they don't appreciate the work that it go- takes to chisel an alphabet into stone, right. lowering their attention spans and making them poised to get all kinds of crazy ideas in their head. You know, I, I it's it's a little difficult for me to not roll my eyes slightly when, when someone characterizes my entire generation as, as lazy or ignorant or with a low attention sure, span. Sure, I get it. I get it. Um we had we had that in my every generation has that we had that in my right. generation a version of it it wasn't that it was a different no I, absolutely so I I think the failure though is is what message are we sending to young people you know what are we what are we saying how do we hold ourselves how do we think about our nation how do we talk about our ideals why don't you do it why don't you close the show with it when we come back sure how we should all right let's do it we'll do it we'll be right back. Thank you for spending some of your afternoon with us. Lewis Holman, uh, you want to close us out? You raised a bunch of interesting questions this hour. So yeah, I, now you can answer them. I think you put me on the on the spot to discuss how we should go about speaking to and educating and and otherwise thinking about the millennials yes. as a group. Well, I'm going to I'm going to steal wholesale if I may from Jordan Peterson and and think of his reference, his biblical reference about uh, Jonah rescuing his father from the belly of the whale. Okay. See, Peterson argues that uh, sort of culture, uh, civilization, the civilization that our fathers have left us um, is insufficient for today, that, that that story is about the necessity of struggling with the defining issues of one's culture Right, going into the, the 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 belly of the whale, and and taking up the parts of it that are useful, reclaiming them and bringing them to the light of day. And so, I think what we need to understand is that my generation is desperately trying to evaluate the sort of the social and political history that we have access to, not from living memory, but through story. Um, and we're trying to come up with a suite of answers. Policy-wise, socially, morally, that that answer not only the questions that your generation, Seth, 
dealt with, but also you know the emergent questions of the day, the movement of peoples as a result of of uh, climate change and social unrest in the third world, for instance. Um, uh, you know what 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 have you? And so, you know, in my thinking. What you want to realize is that we're not going to do the same thing that you did, but that you you have something of value to offer, both what paths you have explored and what didn't end up working and also you know, the ideas that we're, we're missing it. So a conversation that's more along the lines of one generation looking to pass the torch of civilization to the next I think is probably a healthier way to deal with this. Very nice. Um, I think another part – and I want to explore it more in the coming days, has to do, you said about communicate. you were speaking of communicating to younger generations. And I think it has to do with um, understandings and appreciations of what childhood means and should mean. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a couple of days with the audience to talk a little bit about that, among everything else we talk about. Lewis Hallman, thank you for coming in, as always. Rest of you, God bless you all. Until tomorrow, class dismissed. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 